Today we're going to be uh, bringing our comments. Our comments will be uh, from the book of Galatians. And I know last week Pastor Josh uh, spoke about, uh, uh, goodness gracious, Ash, Ash Wednesday. I totally drew a blank. And I know that um, he gave a wonderful message on Ash Wednesday. And we're going to uh, not necessarily, we're not going to talk about Ash Wednesday even though it is the Lenten season and uh, it is a time for us to reflect and to prepare uh, for the coming of our Savior, uh, for the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited for this time, for this season, as we are uh, preparing for the resurrection. Amen and amen again. Uh, before we get into the word, um, I would like to pray and uh, and uh, invite God's presence to be with us uh, as we get in, as we dive in God's word this this evening. Father, we bless you and we thank you. Um, we thank you that your word is true, that your word is alive and that it's active uh, and that it corrects, it rebukes, uh, it encourages us. And so I pray that we as a church, as a body of people will be uh, people of your word that love your word uh, I pray that I would decrease that you may increase and I pray that uh, those that are joining us virtually would be uh, encouraged I pray that uh, they would be encouraged to walk with you closer and to love love you and love people uh, I bless you and I thank you it's in Jesus name that we pray amen and amen uh, I'm trying to navigate this thing, but if you have, oh, my mom is on here. Uh, it's awesome. Hello, mother. Hello, my mother. Uh, hello, hello. I'm just, I'm just scrolling. So I just need to make sure everybody can see me. Give me a thumbs up if you can see me and if you can hear me. Hey, Amen, Crystal. I have so much to be thankful for too, man. Uh, God is good. God is good. Amen. Just to update you, Danny is doing great. Amen. What's up, Ray? Come on. Yeah. I'm using this as a way of praise reports and prayer requests because I'm getting to see uh, the goodness of the Lord right now. Uh, but turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2. And uh, we're going to just get into it. All right. Amen. 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 We can still. Hi, Stella. I know you're next door. <laughs> uh, we should just go outside and, and sit outside and we could do it. Uh, we could do this right outside in the front. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, thank you, Pastor Manuel. Uh, man. I remember when I was a. Uh, I just recently graduated, graduated college and you know my dreams if you know me if anybody knows me they know that my dreams was to go what's up gay uh uh my dream was to be drafted into the nfl and that didn't happen for me and that led to a spiraling out of control i got out of my character and i'll never forget i was at a party at my at my old college um and and I was just just wilding out. I was just partying, and I was partying like no one had seen me party on the campus before. And and I remember um, I had a friend that came up to me uh, because I, I I'm gonna just tell the truth about myself. I wanna always tell the truth about myself. I was uh, I had a, a a pint of Hennessy in my back pocket. I had my shirt off and I, cause I was in the club and I was dancing around real crazy. And my friend walked up to me and they were like, who are you? Like, what is going on with you? And 
I know you guys are saying like, what is, why is he telling me the story? Why is he telling me a story of him in the club with his shirt off, with a pint of Hennessy in his back pocket, dancing and, and acting crazy and doing that. And someone and a friend coming up to me and saying, who are you? Well, uh, that was a, a pivotal moment for me. Uh, the simple question of asking, who am I? Uh, because I was outside of, uh, who I knew I was uh, because of different circumstances and situations in my life. And I remember that was actually the moment where the Lord began to chase me and began to arrest my heart so I could say yes to him. But I tell you that story to tell you that uh, as believers, as people of God, we need people in our lives that ask us the question, who are we? And what are you doing? Uh, Kevin, where did you, this is not the guy that I know. And this is not the, the person that I, I, I know you to be uh, at the very core of who you are. And, and as believers, we all have blind spots. We all have areas where we are broken. And really we have a level of hypocrisy uh, roaming around in our hearts that we allow to uh, govern our lives in some ways. And we have uh, stinking thinking. We, uh, we behave a certain way. Uh, and, and quite frankly, we're not aware. It's like, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have the new cars where you have the, uh, it's called the, uh, uh, the, the lane departure warning system where when you start getting out of your lane uh you have this beeping noise a beep, beep 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 i'm pretty sure if you if you have a car that was made uh in the modern times that when you back up now you can hear the beeping if you get closer if you get close to something if you're about to run into something but now they've evolved and and if you depart from your lane uh it starts beeping really loud beep 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 beep, beep to warn you that you're outside of your lane right uh, because you can't see the blind spots. And so again, we all have blind spots. And tonight I want to talk about the gospel being the only thing, the, the lane departure system that we need to govern our lives by. When we get out of line, we need to have that, that, that constant ring and that constant beeping in our hearts of the gospel that should reign true in our hearts. And so uh, like I said, we all have a level of hypocrisy. If you say you don't, then you're a liar. And if you and if you uh, say that you don't, that 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 you're not uh, a liar, then uh, then you don't know God, right? And so we all have a level of of hypocrisy in us. I'm I'm reminded of one of my favorite movies, uh, Tombstone, and I was uh, I had I had to check it out to make sure I got the scene correct. But towards the end of the movie, when uh, Doc Holliday and and Wyatt Earp they went on their you know their 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 escapade to to clean things up around the around the towns. Uh, there was a scene where Johnny Ringo and Doc Holliday. This is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. And uh, the the infamous, the infamous line is "I'll be your Huckleberry," but but there was a it, it was the, the the thing was the scene goes Johnny Ringo Doc Holliday. You know, I play for blood. You know, that's what Doc Holliday told him. And and they did the, you know, the the I don't know what you call them, the showdowns at the OK Corral and and they were they drew down and Doc Holliday uh gets to Johnny Ringo first and and and, and, and gets him and he starts falling and, and he's down and and it was a it was a victory for Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday and the boys. Uh and uh Wyatt Earp pulls up and he sees Johnny Ringo, uh, you know, out, out cold, uh, no life in him. Doc, uh, Wyatt Earp looks up at Doc Holliday and, and he sees the sheriff uh, badge on Johnny Ringo. And, and Doc says, my hypocrisy only goes so far. Right. And so it, it's funny. I don't know if it relates to it doesn't necessarily relate, but I think it's a good story. I love that movie and I just wanted to to make you laugh this uh this evening because uh, our hypocrisy should only go so far right
uh, and we should allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to uh, direct us and get us back in our lane. And so tonight I want to uh, I want to tell you uh, and we're going to be reading from Galatians chapter two, verses 11 through 21. Now, uh, I'm jumping here because I, I just this just resonated in my soul. Uh, as I was reading it, but the book of Galatians, uh, as you go through it, as we go through it as a church on Wednesday nights, man, it is so rich. It is rich with goodness. It is rich with, uh, it is rich with, um, just good principles. And, and Paul, um, does a wonderful job, uh, encouraging and challenging, uh, the people of Galatia and, and, uh, it's a, it's just a powerful book. And so if you, if you have your Bibles, uh, and you're ready, uh, uh, Galatians chapter two, verses 11 through 21. And so I'm going to read, uh, for you that passage. Here we go. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned for he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that, when I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, I told Cephas, and Cephas is Peter, if you don't know, uh, Cephas is Peter, uh, one of the disciples, uh, the one that uh, Jesus uh, had to tell to get, get thee behind me, and the one that denied uh, Christ three times, but also the same one that was... Uh, challenged and, and asked to feed the sheep right giving the keys to the kingdom uh and so that's who cephas is if you don't know and so i told cephas in front of everyone if you who are a jew live like a gentile and not like a jew how can you compel gentiles to live like jews we are jews by birth and not gentile sinners and yet because we know that a person is not justified by works of the law but by faith in Jesus Christ, again, we are not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith, but by faith in Jesus. Even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no human being will be justified. Verse 17 but if we ourselves are also found to be sinners while seeking to be justified by Christ, is Christ then a promoter of sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild those things that I tore down, I show myself to be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I'm going to read that again because that's powerful right there. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I, that I now live in, I'm sorry, hold on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The life I now live in, the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Man, that is the word of the Lord this evening. And so I want to highlight a couple of things today. I want to, I want to help us uh, understand the value of crucial confrontation, uh, the value of having a good friend, the value of having someone that is willing to challenge you um, and to, and to call you out when you have blind spots, when you don't know, uh, maybe you don't know that you're acting a certain way or doing a certain thing that could be detrimental to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then I want to help us understand and agree on what the true gospel is. Uh, and so we want to just talk about that. We're going to keep it real simple tonight. We're not going to uh, try to uh, 
overcomplicate things, but we want to talk about uh, crucial confrontation because this was a, a crucial and a critical confrontation between Paul and Peter uh, that needed to happen and that should have happened when it did. And so we see right here in verse 11 that Cephas, uh, also Peter, came to Antioch and when, 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 he, uh, when he was in Antioch, Paul says that he had to confront him, he had to oppose him to his face. Some other passages of scripture say that he had to resist him in his face, right? And so let me let me give let me bring you up to speed. And so the book of Galatians, uh, Paul is writing to the people uh, there, and they have been uh, hoodwinked, they have been bamboozled, they have been led astray by uh, another gospel, so to speak. And so we see in, in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 uh, through 10, we see, I'm going to read it for you. He said, I am amazed that you are so quick, that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So there, right there in, in Galatians, we see that there, that there are people that are sharing a different gospel, a different gospel than what that Paul has had preached to them. That Paul has shared with them that that they have readily received and actually lived their life differently because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, they have been they have been confused. They have been hoodwinked. They have been led astray uh, by these by these people who were really uh, they were Jewish people that were trying to uh, make them come back under the law. Like here, this you need to do this so you can be this way. Right. And so Paul is is writing to them and he is like, look, uh, in verse seven, in verse in verse seven, of ch uh, chapter one, he says, not that there is another gospel, that there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. So there is no other gospel, but there are people that are adding or even taking away from the gospel that is causing confusion. And we know that God is not a God of confusion. So if there is confusion within the gospel and the things that you are learning and things that you're understanding within God. Number one, you need to get understanding. Uh, you need to ask the Holy Spirit. The, the Bible tells us if you lack wisdom, you need to ask and he will give it to you freely, begrudgingly. So there, he won't hold anything against you if you ask God, hey, what does this mean? Uh, you can ask your pastors. You can ask any of us and we will help you get understanding. But uh, the best way is for you to study to show yourself approved, right? And so these people were receiving this distorted gospel. Uh, but even if we were in verse eight, I'm reading chapter one now. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, uh, a curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel Contrary to what you received, a curse be on him. For I am now trying to persuade people or God, or am I striving to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so we see uh, Paul here uh, struggling <laughs> with the people of Galatia. They are, they are, uh, they have, again, been led astray. And so he is giving an example and he is he is he is giving them an example of of his encounter with Paul I mean with Peter or with Cephas here in these in these chapter in the in these verses in verse uh verses 11 and through 21 and so uh let's di let's dive in there and so let's talk about this crucial confrontation and so it says but when in verse 11 chapter 2 uh, but when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned, right? For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were deviating from the truth of the gospel, I told Cephas in front of everyone, if you are a Jew, live like a Gentile, and now, and not like, and, and, I'm sorry, if you who are a Jew live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew, how can you compel Gentiles to live 
like Jews. So, man, this is this is powerful right here. And so I think uh, what what really caused um, Paul to confront uh, Peter this way is because and again, like this, I think Peter, man, this is just par for him. This is on par for Peter. If you know anything about Cephas, you know that uh, one minute he was, man, Lord, I'm going to go with you wherever I, wherever you go. And then the next time he was denying him, he was running away. Uh, but he had recently had a vision from God in Acts chapter 10. If you guys look at Acts chapter 10, uh, verses 9 through 13, if you just look at Acts chapter 10, you see this, this vision that, that, that Peter had where, um, where he was struggling with with uh, the things to eat, he was struggling with uh, the fact that the that the Gentile people have been included into the gospel of of Jesus Christ that could come under this salvific uh, this redemption that that Christ had for the entire world, and and Jesus told him he said uh, because Peter's like I've never eaten anything unclean, but he was like man get up and go eat, he said don't call what I've called clean unclean, right. And so he was, he, he, Jesus, the Lord had been challenging Peter in this area with the, with the Jew and the Gentile thing. Right. And, and again, uh, uh, Peter was a man, uh, that loved Christ. He was a man that walked with Jesus. He was a man that had been called and been on purpose for the Lord, but he had some things. He had some blind spots. Right. Like we all do. We all have blind spots and we need people in our lives that tell us and correct us when we are wrong. Right now, again, we see that Paul uh, confronted Peter right in his face. Right. And and sometimes I feel like, hey, you got to confront people right in their face. But but Jesus tells us how we need to uh, uh, confront people. Right. First, you want to do it privately if they don't get it there. Then you take it where two or three people can get try to get some understanding and get some get some wisdom and come to an agreement. And if that doesn't work, then we need to take it in front of the church and then we need to make it public for everybody to see. But here, uh, Peter was doing something publicly and he was he and he it said that Peter Paul said that he was deviating from the gospel, meaning in my, in, in, to me that he was causing people to uh not be uh receptive to the gospel he was causing people to turn away from god and again as a believer as someone that loves the lord as somebody that has been called by god which when you say yes to jesus you have been given uh certain responsibilities and 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 our that that number one responsibility is to make disciples not to push people away and so we see a couple of things here uh that caused uh paul to react the way that he did number one it said that that uh he was uh fearful of the people that came down friends of james friends of the people uh from jerusalem the big dogs so to speak and and he was more concerned about his reputation versus the integrity and the character that God had placed in him. And some of us, sometimes we forget because I want to I want to differentiate this too right here. Uh, rep uh, uh, reputation versus integrity or versus our Christian character. See, reputation is what people think about us or what we want people to think about us and what people put on us versus the integrity that God puts in us the, the Christian character that God has built in us. And Paul and Peter was worried about what people thought about him. He was, he was afraid. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I get, I'm concerned about what people think about me. And when I'm concerned about what I found is when I'm concerned about what people think about me, I forget sometimes the purpose that God has for me. And when we forget about uh, our purpose and our call and our Christian character and our integrity, then we hurt people. 
we we don't allow people to come into the the grace of God that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. And so Peter was more concerned about his reputation versus um, uh, his Christian character, his call that God had placed on him, that Christ placed on him when when he when he met him at the shores of Galilee, when he said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my lamb. He had forgotten that his purpose was to spread the gospel. His purpose was to share the true gospel and to make disciples of all nations. And so when we think about integrity, when we think about character, uh, you got to remember that Jesus, his reputation, he, he went from being uh, the most praised. Remember, I mean, we're about to celebrate this in like uh, 30 some days where he came in. And on this triumphal entry, and they was like, Hosanna, 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 save us. And then a week later, they was like, a few days later, like, crucify him, crucify him. So his reputation went from the best to the worst. He went from stud to dud in a few days. And so if we worrying about what, what people think about us, then we're going to live a life um, in flux. We're going to live a life being tossed to and fro, uh, back and forth. And we won't have any value. We won't have any maturity in Christ. But his integrity, Christ's integrity, his his character was was uh, was beyond reproach. And because it, the reason why it was that way is because he was he understood his purpose. He understood his call. He understood his destiny. And as and as believers, as people who who are following Christ, we need to be more concerned about our Christian character and the call that God placed on our lives versus our reputation. And what people think about us or what people say about us. Right. And you got and we got to understand this because we got we want to we want to dig into this. We want to we make sure that we understand this. Uh, Gentiles were not uh, the thing and the people to be around back in those days. It said that they we're not like Gentile sinners. So you can see the, the differentiation between a Jew and a Gentile. I mean, we got those types of uh, things happening right now currently in our in our society where we pit uh, blacks versus white, blacks versus Mexicans, blacks versus this, blacks versus that, liberals versus conservatives, you know, uh, pro-life, pro-choice. We got all of these dividing things that really, honestly, does not really matter in the grand scheme of the gospel. And so sitting with the Gentile, eating the things that the Gentile people ate, would make uh, Peter unclean. And so he knew that. And so having fellowship with the Gentile would, would make him feel unclean and would make him, you know, ceremonially unclean between the people. And so when he came, when they came, when the, when the people came, he was like, oh, I don't want them to see me this way. And I don't know about you. I, I, I don't want us to be that way. I want us to be uh, uh, truth tellers. I have a thing that I say all the time. I tell I tell my boys uh, that we stand on the truth no matter what it costs. And when you when you when you stand for the truth of the gospel, it, and some sometimes it might separate you from different people. But if you standing on the truth, then I'm worth. I, it's worth it. It's worth it for me every time. And so Peter was not standing on the truth of the gospel he was standing on the truth of man which has no value in our in our in our world in our economy in our in our belief in the believers economy uh what man says has no power has no authority above what god says and what 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 christ did in and through us you understand what i'm saying and so what the gospel has done for us is that it has destroyed all of those barriers, right? It destroyed the 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 it, it destroyed the, the the dividing wall that 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 caused separation between people, between ideals, and things like that. That's what Christ came to do. He destroyed those things. He destroyed the barriers of politics. And what and and the thing was, and I think what made Paul so upset was that. Brother, 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 you are preaching 
this this gospel of unity and oneness. You were there at the in the upper room. I wasn't even in the upper room with you. But you you knew that when you guys were all together as one, that the spirit fell down and, and, and you guys had power. So how are you gonna preach unity? How are you gonna preach oneness? How are you gonna preach love? How are you gonna preach forgiveness? How are you gonna preach Christ? But then you don't live Christ, you don't live love, you don't live uh all of those different things, you don't live mercy, you don't live grace, you don't do that. So Paul was like, brother, how do you do that? Because you living like that, Paul, I mean, Peter, is causing other people to go away and to fall away from the faith. And so uh, Peter's hypocrisy made Paul mad. And I think for, again, I... We we all have a level of hypocrisy. We all have blind spots. We all have things that we that we uh, adhere to that are not uh, uh, not important when it comes to the gospel. It, it's not, and we need to be be able as a body of believers to have. The crucial com confrontation with one another to help us see. I heard this before that uh, the you know that you are in trouble when someone who says that they're your friend is silent about your wrong, and so because Paul loved Cephas, because. Paul loved him. He was willing to confront him because not only did uh, Peter's faith rest on that, but the faith of the other people around him, not only the Jew, but also the Gentile. We are the light of the world. We are the example. You understand what I'm saying? We are the example. We are the people uh, that are supposed to uh, represent Christ and who he is. And so we see that Peter allowed the fear of man to trap him. The word of God reminds us that the fear of a man, the fear of man is a snare, but those who trust in the Lord are safe. And so again, we can't allow the fear of man to cause us to, uh, change who we are we can't allow the fear of man uh or 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 some some outside doctrine determine how we love people <laughs> and how we treat other people you know uh it sucks man to be to feel like an outcast uh we always tell our children uh that you make sure you find the one who is unlovely and you befriend them. You make sure that, you know, if you are the best on the team, that you pick the, the, the one that, that, that needs the help the most. And then we continue to, uh, you help them, uh, get to the level that they need to, as they help you understand, you know what I'm saying? Cause the truth is we're, uh, we're all the same at the foot of the cross. And I think it's important for us to get to understand that and make sure that we know that 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 as believers, that we're all the same at the foot of the cross. And and I and I love how Paul uh, was unashamed and was willing to call his brother out. Right. And so I believe that as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we got to be willing to call some brothers and some and some sisters out do it lovingly but i think it's time for us to start having those conversations with one another especially when we notice blind spots now again i'm not saying run up to somebody and be like hey uh, i saw you know i saw what you did this last summer no you know but if there's an opportunity for you 
to restore your brother gently, restore your sister gently, communicate in a way that allows them to get back on track. Be the, the lane assistance thing or whatever that thing is called. The thing that starts beeping, right, to help us get back in line with the true gospel. Okay? Because I believe it is time for us to, to live out the true gospel. It's, it's time to live it. We've done enough talking. It's time for us to live it. I don't know about you, but I want to live the gospel. Right? Not only preach the gospel, but I want to live it. I want to show it in the way that I live. I want to show it by the way that I love. I want to show it by the way I raise my children. I want to show it by the way I, I, I love my wife. I want to show it by the way I love my brother. I want to show it that way. You understand what I'm saying? I, I'm sorry. You get, my, my computer's going to die, so I need to yell out. Babe, may I have my may I have the charger for the computer? It's gonna die and I'm live and people are gonna be laughing at me right now. Please. I'm sorry, y'all. The cord, please. I need it. Is I'm about to die. And then then we'll have to stop service. Hey Amen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh man. Thank you, son. Thank you, son. Son, you're supposed to charge it up, plug it up, and you know, uh, and do that for me. Don't be laughing. Come on, Rocky. Don't be laughing at me, man. Don't be laughing at me. You know how I be sometimes. You know how it is. Uh but these computers, when you get on Facebook Live, you lose a lot of you lose a lot of uh power. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So again, so we were talking about this confrontation, Mama Kathy, how Mama Kathy, uh, uh, we were talking about this crucial confrontation that we need to have. And so we can't be afraid to do that. Can't be afraid to do that. We can't be afraid to restore our brother gently and our sister gently. And so we talked about this crucial confrontation. Uh, but the second thing that I want to talk about is, is the gospel. And I think we need to be clear and we need to agree, I believe, on what we believe the gospel is. Right. Because let, let's face it, you know, we some of us, we've tried to add. We tried to add our little sauce to the gospel. You know, we tried to, you know, take away some things that might not fit us. But there are some things about the gospel and, there, and there's a couple of things. So we got the, the gospel as a narrative. Right. And that's the narrative that we read. And that's what we find in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And we know Matthew, Mark and Luke. Are synoptics meaning the same view they get they they tell the same stories and it but it's different it's in different places and things like that and then we got john okay uh but that's the narrative of the gospel where you get to see christ's life lived out but then there is uh the gospel uh in the message in that that we share that we teach that we live right and so i don't know uh, the gospel that 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 you know, but the gospel that I know and that I believe in uh, is that Christ came to this earth because of sin. There needed to be a perfect sacrifice for the sin of the world. Christ came. He lived as a man. I don't know how he was God, but he was God. <laughs> he is a mystery. Right. He was fully God. He was fully man. He was beaten. He was crucified. Hung. Buried in the tomb. Rose up on the third day with all power in his hand. He had power and authority. He appeared to disciples. He appeared to other people. And then he ascended to the right hand of God the Father and he's coming back to be the judge and the jury uh, and to bring his people home. And so if we as a body of believers do not believe that very simple, it's simple. It's a mystery, but it's simple. If we don't agree on that, 
then we need to talk. We need to have a conversation. Because the gospel, understanding the gospel is essential to our faith. Right? Our theme this year, I know we talked about it uh, last month, is that it's by his grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 tells us that, that we have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Not by works that any man should boast. So we have we, we have been saved by this grace, this unmerited favor that none of us deserve by faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross, that he did for all mankind. Not for the liberals, not for the conservatives, not for the pro-lifers, not for the pro-choicers, not for the black man, not for the black woman, not for the white woman, not for the white man, not for the Latino, not for the Latinx person, not for the, the, the Pacific Islander. He died for all of us. And he said, it's by, it's, it's, it's by faith in that Jesus and in that gospel. And not by works. And what Peter was doing was he was trying to make it. He was trying to turn it back. He was trying to turn back the hands of time. He was saying, hey, this is how you got to be. You got to be this way. You got you got to you, you gotta do what the Jews do if you want to be with Jesus. And we and, and, and as believers, we can't say, oh, you got to do what I do. If you want to be with Jesus, because again, we all have a level of hypocrisy. We all got some bones in the closet. We all got our pet sins that we struggle with day in and day out. And the most important thing that we can do is share the truth of the gospel so more people can get to know Christ and then allow Christ to change them. That's called sanctification. And so our job is to make disciples of all nations. Baptizing, teaching them to obey all the commands that you have learned. And, and guess what? I'm going to be with you all the way. It's not our job to save them or to change them. It's our job to, to, to teach it, live it, and allow God to do it. You know? And so this gospel that we need to understand is that it is only by grace that we are, have been saved. And it's by faith in Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you what, Romans 1.16 tells us that for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God, not the power of Kevin, not the power of Mission Ebenezer Family Church, not the power of Josh, not the power of, of any of your pastors, not the power of your neighbor. It's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. So so it's clear that is not just for one for one group of people, for one type of person. It's for the Jew and for the Gentile alike, meaning it's for the whole world. And it's the power of God. It's God's, it's God, it's God, it's God's job to determine our salvation. It's not your job. It's not my job. It's your job. It's, 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 it's God's job. And so... I want to make sure that we understand and we need to agree that when we start adding to or when we start taking away from the gospel, we begin to have this effect that Peter had on the people of God. Number one, he started having his friends uh, turn away. You understand what I'm saying? He had his people, the people that were closer to him that were watching him turning away. I don't know about you, but I don't know. But you you have influence just like I have influence. And if people are watching me uh, live as a hypocrite and they see me, they see me treating people wrong or, or saying one thing and doing another, guess what they're going to do? They're going to say one thing and do another. And we're going to continue to perpetuate the cycle. And so what I'm encouraging us tonight is that, number one, we have to have those crucial confrontations with the people when we see those blind spots. We need to be willing to say to our brother and to our sister, Hey man, you know that's not that's not the truth of the gospel, and what you're what you're what you're living and what you're saying 
is not is not is not the truth. And then we have to be then we have to first then we have to understand and identify with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have to understand that it's only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that we've been saved. And it's not anything that we can do, it's not anything that we can say that can save us. It's only through the uh blood of Jesus that we're saved. And so the I believe the 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 main idea in 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 Galatians chapter 2 is that it's not that I live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And so our identity cannot be in man. It cannot be in things. It cannot be in possessions, but it needs to be in Christ and the power of the gospel that has the power to save and bring people into a loving and lasting relationship with the Lord. And so I want to make sure that as we are growing in the Lord, as we're preparing uh, to get back into the, these public spaces, I want us to reflect and ask ourselves these que this question. What, what is what is what is my blind spot? Where where am I? Where am I being, for lack of better terms, being a legalist? Where am I uh, uh, casting burdens or placing burdens on, on people that I'm not even able to carry myself? Where am I doing that at in my life? And how can I uh, reverse that? How can I get back to the basics? How can I stop majoring in minors and majoring on the major thing? How can I major on the fact that Jesus loved me so much that he that he went to the cross, he was buried and he rose again on the third day in our power and he gave me one assignment and that's to make disciples of all nations and it, and it will take care of the rest of the stuff. Where, where, where are those things at in my life? I know I could tell you a thousand of them, but I don't want to do that right now. But what I want us to do is I want us to ask ourselves that question. What are our blind spots? And, am I, and, and, and do I understand fully what the gospel of Jesus Christ is and what it means and what's the implications of the gospel? Because the gospel of Jesus Christ our lives depend on it. Your life depends on it. My life depends on it. Your neighbor depend your your neighbor's lives depend on it. Your son's lives, your daughter's lives, your mom's lives, your, your father's life. It depends on the gospel. And we need to be we need to be sound in what we do. We need to be sound in how we present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as we conclude tonight, as we conclude tonight, I want you to ask yourself that question. Uh, where are my blind spots? And how can the gospel uh, realign the direction that I'm going? Also, be willing to hear from your brother or your sister that is is confronting you in love that is helping you get back on track. And so I pray that tonight uh, you have been encouraged. Number one, man, don't let fear drive you, knock you off your square. Don't let the rep, you know, what people think of you knock you away from your 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 uh knock you out of out of your character your christian character right don't don't allow that to uh to rule you right uh know that you love somebody by telling them the truth if you're my friend and you don't tell me the truth you are an enemy and so we need to love one another and tell one another the truth okay we need to do that. 
And so I, I love you guys. Uh, I'm so thankful to be with you guys uh, virtually. Again, uh, man, God has been good. I would ask that you would continue to uh, pray for my mother as she is in the fight of her life. Uh, but I believe that God is going to do a uh, healing work in her in her life, uh, not only physically, but spiritually and emotionally and socially and all of that. She she's going to get the full uh, the full counsel of his Holy Spirit. And so I pray that you will continue to pray for pray for her uh, and uh, encourage her uh, in your prayers. And so, um, man, I pray that that you will be encouraged that you have been encouraged tonight uh let's pray and uh and let's get out of here father we bless you and we thank you for tonight um man your word is true and your word is uh everlasting and i pray that as a body of, of believers that we would understand that your gospel is uh it has power to save and that uh the gospel is is based off of what you've done and not what we can do or what we have done and that our job is to to bring people to the cross and let you deal with them and so lord i pray that as a people that we would get uh, a solid understanding of uh the gospel that we would live it that we would preach it that we would share it and that we would continue to allow you to do the work so forgive us lord show us our blind spots help us have those crucial confrontations when they're when they're needed help us to not be fearful to love one another help us not to be fearful to love those that don't look like us help us to be to not be fearful to break down barriers through your gospel with your gospel lord i ask for your forgiveness i ask for your healing and, and deliverance for those that are sick. Uh, I pray that you will protect us as we uh, are, I believe, uh, on the back end of this coronavirus. I pray that. I pray that you will restore us and that you will keep us. We love you. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you, church.